All right, Chase, it's it's unlocked. You can hear me open the door for you. Closing closing the door. Nice. I like how you're saying what you're <laughs> I'm doing. Saying, I'm announcing my intention to close the door. <laughs> Thanks. And um, can you put your seatbelt on actually before we before we start this car? Uh, no, I think I'll I'll take it laying down. Uh huh. All right. Then I guess let's for this special one. All right. I want to preface this before because we're in the car right now, and I just want to say that. We thought it'd be very interesting because this whole podcast was initially started because we thought there's always that moment when you watch a movie with family or friends and you're driving home and you have like that 20, 30 minutes of your ride home where you talk about the film afterwards, you're like unfiltered thoughts. And we thought for this time, we usually just record in the parking lot or we go back home and record at home. But this time we thought it'd be fun to drive home and on the drive home, we would actually record actually in the car we're actually in the car right chase yep well let's let's start the engines All right, everyone, welcome to Concession Impressions, the podcast where we give you our unfiltered opinions of the latest movies as we drive home from the theater. I am your host, Michelangelo, and I'm joined by my fellow cinephile and backseat driver, Charles. Save me. Michael is a terrible driver. That's not true. Hush now. All right. So we're going to drive home and we're going to talk about the movie we just watched uh actually before we start driving i need to to roll to see how uh how well we I, my driving is today huh natural one well we'll see how this goes if you couldn't tell from that joke today we're going to be reviewing the new movie dungeons and dragons honor among thieves which is a movie about the hit game i guess i don't know the nerdy game that probably some friends of yours play called Dungeons and Dragons, which is a tabletop game where you pretend to be wizards and stuff and roll dice to do things. So let's buckle up and drive. Well, we're already buckled up and the car's already starting, so let's get on the road. All right, so now we're on the, I'm just gonna be, hold on here. I'm just changing onto the freeway. But, um, so Chase, now that I'm um, kind of on the freeway here and we're getting on the road, on the road again. What do you think about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? Well, first things first. Did you know that Dungeons and Dragons game has literally never made a profit in its like 40 year existence? Yeah. Really? That's that's kind of funny. But sad. How do they get this film made then? I, I don't know, but I was reading an article. They talked about how they're now after after like 40 years attempting to try and make a profit by doing this giant new push, which is including this movie and including their intellectual property, trying to sell, I don't know, new merch, new games, new everything to a new audience. Essentially, it was started off of the back of the Stranger Things cast. The Stranger Things has such a Dungeons and Dragons undertone to it as well. That makes sense. Stranger Things definitely did kind of kick off that whole... Because all Stranger Things, all the like evil creatures and everything are creatures from the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Right. And those of you at home that don't know Dungeons and Dragons, it's a tabletop role-playing game that first came out in 19 
1974. It's imagine like a video game without the video component. You're strictly using your imagination and storytelling to create and play a fun, fantastical game with wizards and dragons. And you're pretty much acting out around a table your own Lord of the Rings or Hobbit adventure. Right. And I think that's actually one of the problems with this movie is that the original source material doesn't actually have stories. It's not like say mario uh that's not that's not necessarily true there is actually a a pretty deep lore and they actually their company publishes campaigns for people to use what campaigns are the words that they're like games you can play which are have like very distinct like locations and story and kind of more of like a backbones of the thing because obviously the characters playing it kind of dictate what they want to do and how they want to progress through the story but at least it'll give you like a setting and different things so a lot of the the, the cities and the, the items and characters actually in this movie are actual things within the Dungeons and Dragons lore however Dungeons and Dragons itself is such an open book where you have almost like a, a slight boundaries of what you can and cannot do with these like some basic rules beyond that you can practically just make up your own story and everything but i will agree with you though because you and i played dungeons and dragons once together a little bit yeah so i would imagine that your knowledge of this of dungeons and dragons and that whole universe is very limited apparently (laughs) yeah potentially you know more about this than i do because like i guess It was my impression that it's pretty much all up to the players to create their own characters and to create their own kind of story. I know they have like jumping off points, but I guess those are, they have more detailed backstory than I was aware of. Yeah, like the, the guild thing that Chris Pine's character is in is actually a thing in the story or in the, the universe and like the items and the different dragons and these different things. Some of them were created for this movie, but a lot of them were kind of in the lore of this thing. I will tell you this, I definitely know a little bit more about this universe, and I will definitely tell you that I don't know about you, but I think the people when I went to go watch it really enjoyed it because they knew a lot about the universe. They're like nerds who read all 15,000 books and knew every single creature, knew every single town, knew every single character. So they had a deep understanding where they're like, oh, that's funny because they had a very like slight joke of something where if you're a player and you know the game, then you would find it even more humorous than maybe possibly the people who didn't. Like there was times where I understood things, but then there was times where I think if I never played a Dungeons and Dragons game, but let's say I watched Lord of the Rings, or some of that, like a fantasy something. I don't think I would understand a lot of what was going on in this. Could you give us an example of one of those? For instance, at one point, the party is sneaking into a castle. This is near the end. And the sorcerer casts illusion of the Chris Pines character playing a lute, right? And when he gets his foot stuck in the rock, the illusion starts to melt away and kind of get all creepy, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a thing about in the game where it's, you know, you cast a spell and some spells have like concentration needs where if you're casting it, you have to be concentrating because he got his foot caught on the rubble and he was like not fully concentrating. The spell started falling apart. I think possibly something like that wouldn't necessarily make sense. I guess you kind of just like, oh, something's happening because of it. That maybe is not the best example, but there's moments like that throughout the film where 
like the evil witches, if you kind of knew what they were, then you kind of could see things coming easier or like you can understand what magic they're doing easier. Like, I don't know. Or uh, I think potentially some of those moments, like when what's his face, the, the really crappy wizard played by Justice Smith. I, what, what's his name in this? I can't remember. Is like he's constantly getting like bad dice rolls that's kind of the, an ongoing joke with his character is that like he triggers the mechanism accidentally and in the game that might happen if you roll really low and your you know, i don't know whatever uh it ends up really low and then the game master is that what it is yeah, yeah game yeah. master will they're called game masters. yeah the game master who's like controlling the game will punish you for rolling low and they'll say your character like steps on a landmine and blows his foot off or something you know to like punish you for rolling low and you can kind of interpret his character's bumbling ways as him rolling really low constantly right yeah which is kind of fun to see throughout because there's times you're like oh they air quotes rolled highly in this situation or they rolled low like a roll a really bad roll and that's why xyz happens afterwards yeah which I think adds to the humor, again, if you've played the game, right? Because if you've never played it, then it kind of just seems like like those like subtle, more subtle jokes don't necessarily land or kind of are uncovered if you do play the game. Now, I'm not saying that it wasn't fun if you didn't know the game at all, but it just like, I think there's added nods to the players, which I think adds to the enjoyment of the film. So I guess I, I would fall into the camp that I, I know this game a little less or more like your average viewer would and in that scenario i think the movie kind of comes off more like a bland mimicking of all these different fantasy movie tropes story as opposed to being Uh, kind of satirical because now that you you've brought those ideas up like rolling I, i sort of see those in the movie more and i think the movie is a lot more enjoyable in in that kind of perspective but because i've only played Dungeons and Dragons a couple times. I'm not as familiar with it, and so I, I like didn't immediately start thinking about that. And so I kept thinking about all the different like I don't know tropes that it's kind of borrowing from, and how this is sort of really planned. Yeah, yeah. I think the story itself was actually the weakest point for yeah. me, and it was something I just wrote. Story was lacking because I felt like. And now this is the main thing I wanted to say, actually, where Chris Pine's character, his like motivation slash his goal throughout the entire film kind of didn't make any sense. But here's the thing. As a viewer, I understood, okay, evil dark mage, eventually, I know, even though the, the main characters don't know it yet, they're going to have to fight them and like do something to stop them, right? But the whole movie, it's like Chris Pine and their party don't necessarily know about this evil witch fully to like what their plan is or what they're trying to do or anything until like the last act where they have to they return the boat back and like defeat them but the whole time chris pine's like all right we're gonna go into this sacred place get this sacred helmet and then once i get that sacred helmet we can break into the vault steal all the money so then the other character who in the beginning of the film backstabbed us we can steal all their money so then if they don't have any money then they won't have any power and then they'll be kicked out as king of this town and then after that because he's not king anymore i can get my daughter back which is like what how does how does that equal that it didn't make sense to me 
and how everyone's like all right let's let's go with it you know let's and because even there'll be times like all right we just almost died to get this helmet now we can finally break in and get that money and save my daughter it's like wait that's that's right that's what they're trying to do and like why why is this i don't know i feel like they should have set it up where evil witch is the main thing and that's why they're going through all these lengths because he wants to save his daughter from this evil witch not i just need to prove to my daughter that this guy is a scumbag and i want that I should have my daughter back. Yeah, it's definitely needlessly convoluted. That part did feel like the games to me because I, in our campaign and in other campaigns that I've been a part of, which again, I've only been a part of two, there's always like a huge focus on character flaws or like character specifics. So like when you're playing a character, your character will have a specific trait that you kind of memify. So like, I remember in the other campaign that I did with my college friends, uh, one of the characters had a, a trait where they believed they were a dog transformed into a human. And so they were constantly doing things as if they were a dog. It's very stupid. Uh-huh. That was the campaign we were mm-hmm. doing, which is why I don't really understand the rules or the backstory or the lore because our group was just fucking around. I, I will, yes, I will agree with you that the story to me definitely felt like, oh, this is a D&D campaign or rather Dungeons and Dragons campaign because it has that like somewhat nonsensical someone created this made the story up and it has its flaws but then again it's like should should i just be like oh this story is flawed but that's kind of how the game is so sure it can have a flawed story i don't know if that's really a good excuse for the movie itself having a flawed story i don't know maybe it has to really balance that out but i think i forgive it because hold on all right, see, that was me switching lanes. I'm gonna switch lanes into my next point, which is I forgive those story failures because it had a really fun visual art direction. Mm. I did like the art direction, but I, I, I also at times felt like it didn't feel fully realized. It felt a little cheap. Like, mm. well, like I, I thought it was good. But then the way they shot it made it not feel particularly fantastical or scary. And I, I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, okay. So the thing I'm pulling from is recently we reviewed Shazam. And that was very unintentionally ABC. Like, here's your superhero, CGI superhero on a green screen. We're going to shoot him just punching and saying a few lines. We're going to add in CGI dragon. He punches dragon. Like, there's nothing special. The camera shots are very basic the vfx is it's good but it's you know nothing crazy going on nothing like artistically going on it's just like all right we're gonna film a lot of stuff and our intention is just we're gonna do some cool stuff in post now we also reviewed john wick recently and that one even though it's not visual effects i think just more of the points are very similar where all right sure you know you've made this point last time which was like you can have your two muscle men fighting each other and it's just the same thing but then you don't you have these different characters from different sizes and you know different ways to shoot someone you know or fight have someone fight where in this film they could have taken that same approach and be like all right it's fantasy we're just gonna be casting fireballs and like doing stuff but a lot of the really fun scenes had some really cool visual effects going on which was just more creative than just visually fun like for instance i'll I'll even point out a few i think one of the coolest 
scenes in the film was like that one shot where the druid changes into a fly and is flying around for reconnaissance and then is discovered travels as a bird and as a cat and as you know a mouse and as a deer and it's like all one one like digitally stitched together but one shot where this character is transforming and it's following them and like being attacked and everything that scene could have been completely different but it was done in a very visually fun way and i think that really for me is what kind of added and made me think like okay this story is lacking a little bit but at least i'm having fun in the moment and like later when they break into the not the vault but the the moving caravan and they like put the portal on the the painting and they like do that little cool it's like in all the trailers where she like jumps in from the grass and then pops up within inside the caravan like those like scenes are so cool and that happens throughout the film. That, that's really what makes the movie pop for me, even though other other aspects of the film are really lacking, I feel. You know what? I, I think I actually agree with you that there are a lot of really good special effects moments. I think where it falls apart for me is specifically just around the red sorceress character and her lack of threat. <laughs> like, I, somehow she never feels very threatening, and I hate the way she does her magic like you know how like some actors can really convince you that what they're doing is magic and like their finger movements are like actively causing these changes to happen hers yeah, didn't yeah. feel like that at all hers was like i'm yeah flicking my fingers at you and then there's something gonna happen that she has no idea what it's gonna look like and she doesn't and she's not doing anything to like it's not a reaction to what she's doing and because this actor or probably really the fault is the director either they didn't have an idea of what the effects were going to look like or they didn't properly like tell the actress like oh when you do this it's going to cause this chain reaction and so you have to react in this such way it often felt like she was just mumbling some words and then she would flick her fingers around in like a the same kind of way that she did every single time and then some random thing would happen like a fist would come flying out of the, the left-hand corner of the screen. Or all of a sudden, uh, it's a time bubble. Or, you know, like some random thing like that. As opposed to, like, in Harry Potter, for instance, you have the spells, you have the wands, and you have these specific mo movements that you do with the wands. And there's, like, a chain reaction. When, when Harry flicks his wand this way, it causes something in the background to move in that exact same way. And it feels physically linked i was missing some of that with that and i think because she was built up as the big bad i ended up focusing on that a lot but i agree with you that there are these like moments of really great special effects throughout like i think the the druid character is great i love the heist part of the film was great i love that this actually was kind of a heist film i love a good heist film and i, I think we got some really nice kind of heist film tropes you know like the gathering of the crew the intricate planning the big score you know all of that uh, and there were some really clever like fun uses of the different magic like when they used the the tither the tither tather staff or whatever it's called tither tither tithers i don't know whatever it is to create a gaping mouth on the balloon that was vomiting up gold <laughs> that was really fun mm -hmm. you know yeah. there were there was lots of good moments for sure yeah i don't know i think i think i wanted a bigger bad maybe maybe that's what my reaction is is that i think so too i i agree with you and i think they kind of set it up where oh we defeated one of the henchmen but ultimately it seems like we have to defeat the big 
bad evil red wizard in the next movie but again yeah if they if they get one right um but i think like it's the problem which maybe is the problem for a lot of like just dungeons and dragons in general it's just a lot of the villains is just oh here you go you fight a bunch of people now you fight a big boss kind of thing it's not like people you fight i guess the more of the journey along the way is more the focus in terms of in general for dungeons and dragons so i think it didn't bother me too much, but I completely agree with you that I think a better villain, if they do make another one, a better villain for the next one would be great. Also, I think Michelle Rodriguez's character, I don't know. I think the least enjoyable part of the film the, in terms of the main the cast. The least enjoyable? You didn't like her? Interesting. She had really good action moments, but I think just her character or also the ending, I wasn't a big fan of. Also, actually, I'm going to ask you this. What do you think of Chloe coleman because you really did not like her acting in 65 so what do you think of her as the daughter in this one so i I don't think it was great in this one either i don't think she's a bad actress i've seen her in other things before she's been a child actress now for a few years but for some reason she's gotten typecasted in the last like three or four different movies where she's the the daughter of the main character what what is that about that's such a weird random typecasting i don't know why they've decided that for her career and justice smith is kind of being typecasted as like a i i will say that that's uh, more in keeping with his his acting though the lovable fuck up i feel, i don't know i've only th- think i've seen him in three movies so i think in every one i feel like he's kind of very similar like that character. yeah the most but anyway sorry yeah, he did, uh, in, in a tv show hbo tv show called generations which was kind of like a euphoria knockoff he played a kind of interesting character uh-huh. in that uh, which is very different but yeah I, I don't i don't think she's she's really showing off anything spectacular in terms of her acting in these movies her character is like not even a real character it's just a like a motivation it's it's kind of the same thing as like fridging mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't really have like a real reason for being there other than as motivation for the main character. And so she doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah. She just kind of has to show up for this one scene, you know, sad about her mother dying. So up in this other scene, sad that her father is not who she expects him to be. Show up in this other scene, yay, daddy, you saved me. You know, like, that's all. That's all she has to do. <laughs> and I'm sure she's paid pretty well for the like two and a half days she was on set. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. I, I kind of agree. I, I don't know. She wasn't like special or anything in this movie, but um, it's just weird the that other she's actress, sort think... of recognizable now as this same character in every movie. The other actors, some are hit and miss. The actress who played the druid, who's also like in the It movies and plays a lot of like kid actors. I think she did a great job. I think Chris Pine did a great job. I think there's a few people who did, I think, a better job than others in this film, but I think nothing really is like stand out of like, wow, what an amazing performance this person made in this Dungeons and Dragons live action movie. But uh, I think, you know, similar to John Wick, you're there for a specific reason. The reason is a little different opposed to John Wick. In John Wick, you want to see people get killed and people fight each other in this movie you kind of want to see a fantasy lord of the rings styled thing but more comedic and carefree which is kind of along the lines of how dungeons and dragons the the actual tabletop game is you know there's these crazy crazy shenanigans that happen through these like kind of serious 
adventures. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, it kind of gets it done in a way, in a way. So I kind of talked a lot. So uh, do you have any other points you wanted to say or how are you feeling? No, I mean, I think this, I, I agree with you. It's just meant to be kind of goofy fantasy action adventure movie. But I, I think sort of the problem with all of these movies is that because they are not even attempting to be anything other than just pure low stakes inoffensive entertainment they kind of end up being about nothing and so if the action if the visuals if the characters aren't something completely new and spectacular in the way that kind of john wick is is sort of something we hadn't seen before john wick and is really excellent in terms of its visuals it ends up being nothing by the end and it kind of feels like a waste of time seeing it so that's my problem with these movies is if they're not going to attempt to be and intellectually engaging or emotionally engaging, then you have to heighten the engagement in terms of action and visuals. Or if you are trying to stick with this kind of, this is what playing Dungeons and Dragons is really like, this kind of goofy action adventure, then maybe add some kind of intellectual or emotional intelligence to it so that you have a more well-rounded experience. Like, like I think a movie that could be sort of comparable is something like the Lego movie, where Legos aren't really like meaningful narratively and the world is sort of goofy, but they found this way to create this emotionally resonant underspinning to the story through the, 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 the frame story uh, of the, the kid who wants to play with his dad's Legos, you know? And that really added a layer of depth to the whole movie that makes the Lego movie a much better movie than, than this Dungeons and Dragons movie. And so I don't know if, if you like could have done a very similar thing where like, I don't know, it's like a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons and somehow you... Uh, Wow, that guy was speeding past us really quickly. We were, we were just about to get off the freeway, too. Terrifying. Uh, but yeah, so like, I don't know if you if if it would be too much of a uh, obvious thing to do to just like have this be a frame story and have this whole action actually be sort of a, a family playing Dungeons and Dragons with each other. And then you realize that, oh, this character actually is kind of like struggling to bond with his daughter in the frame story. And like, like he's imagining it in Dungeons and Dragons or something. I don't know. Something to add like a another layer of emotional engagement or if mm. you could find a way to just like make the story more narratively satisfying. And actually, I think they I feel like they kind of did it but didn't want to commit because they had points where like I feel like this always goes into like a Dungeons and Dragons game where the character wants to just explain their backstory in great detail and you kind of have that moment with Chris Pine in the beginning who's like let me tell you about my story kind of thing and it goes into this you know long backstory of how he got to the situation i could see it jumping out and be like hey guy like seeing a family around a table be like all right we should just start playing kind of thing you know i think that could be funny and they kind of went there a little bit but didn't go to the full extent but i completely understand i think the lego movie is probably a really good example of something that they could have done but you know maybe they kind of didn't want to do it because they wanted to kind of have a more lord of the ringsy kind of feeling to it mm -hmm. and it maybe bringing it out like taking going out of it would make it just feel like this is a game not like a whole universe that that's already kind of been established through their books and everything but you know i do i do definitely agree that a better story that's the one thing that was lacking to me i think a better story for this movie would 
been greatly appreciated. Even if you know, like maybe what a, what could have been a really cool way to do this Dungeons and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons franchise is you just focus on one character and their narrative journey for this movie, and then you kind of switch to a new character each movie, and then you're just growing this building universe kind of like how early marvel worked where you started out in like captain america's world then you jump over to the hulk and then you jump over to whatever and whatever and then you have this big epic crossover later down the road i don't know um i don't know if that would necessarily work because i feel like the whole dungeons and dragon thing is like a it's a party party dynamic right so like that's the only thing i don't know if that would that would necessarily work but anyways i do agree whatever it is we're not here we're not getting paid to to workshop how they can make a better film. We're just here to review it, I guess, so. Yeah, I want these movies to take more risks in terms of emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know what? It's a great time. I'm just um, just a few blocks away from your place here, so maybe should we start giving our concession impressions now, or how do you feel? Uh, sure. So my concession impression is... It's a hot dog, almost satisfying, but just not quite, you know? You could see how it could work and could be really fun and and engaging and like a really good satisfying meal, but it it just doesn't hit. I see it. Now, I'm gonna give it actually a popcorn. And I'll tell you this, and the reason why is that it didn't take me out of the world too much. For instance, going back to John Wick, there are those moments that I really felt like, wait, what world am I in? This is not Earth because people would be like, you know, stopping them from shooting each other or like be more wary or something of these like assassins running through the streets of Paris shooting each other while they're just all enjoying their espresso. But like in this one, there's no moment that I'm like taken out of it being like questioning the universe even though the story is completely lacking. And I would say that I would caveat that this popcorn score is possibly due partially to me playing Dungeons and Dragons more than I think most people, less than the avid players. Although what kind of got me there to this popcorn level, instead of being a hot dog, was those few moments that were sprinkled throughout that had really fun visual elements to it that made it kind of be like, oh, these are this is really fun. Like I, I kind of hope other movies have more visually interesting storytelling through visual effects other than let's just have a big cool dragon here flying around kind of thing. So I think those elements were really kind of what stood out to me where I kind of forgave the story, the lacking elements of the story because I still had a fun time. And I think that's what popcorn is for me is just like, it's a fun time. I left the movie theater not completely satisfied. Like, I wasn't just like, wow, M&M's, peanut M&M's, oof, I love it. But it was like, I left the theater slightly satisfied. And that's, I think, what popcorn is for me. I wouldn't mind seeing another one, and I would hope that they have a better story for the next one. A lot of the stuff was just, like, setting up all these, like, characters and their backstories and their motivations. But I think if they do another one, they don't necessarily have to focus on that, and they can hopefully focus on a better story with a better written villain that's my hope for it and i so i hope they do even though it looks like you know they're not even breaking even on this movie yet so it's maybe not looking the best you know going back to what you're saying about how they 
have never been able to make a profit on their movies or on their the IP of Dungeons and Dragons. So it looks like they're kind of not even breaking even yet. So we'll see. It's still it's still fresh. So we still have a few weeks. Maybe they can at least break even. Uh, hopefully. I mean, I have nothing against the Dungeons and Dragons game. I, I think it's fun. I just this movie didn't quite work for me. Do you have any takeaways? Yes. So fantasy, you have your Lord of the Rings, your um, Game of Thrones and everything. Dragons, okay? Always dragons are the same. Fantasy world, it's fantasy. You can make up whatever you want. It's fantasy. I loved how in this movie, the dragons, not all dragons were just fire-breathing, fly, flying dragons like Game of Thrones or, or anything like that, right? You had your the dragon in that fight that like spat black liquid acid that just like disintegrated people and so that like those are some cool fun ideas like i would love to see more interesting fantasy stuff you know dragons that do different things you know yeah the shootout hearts or some of that or you know lightning dragons or something like that like these some cool like take it take fantasy and just run wild with it that's what's so fun about fantasy is that you can just kind of more or less make up whatever you want so uh, that's what i think that's what my take out take yeah i mean i think some of my favorite parts of the movie were the owl bear I, that was so dumb but i liked it and some of those creatures yeah. uh i don't know whatever that panther was that had like fly eating plants for a tail like the venus flytrap tail yeah yeah yeah. that also had like a that projected a fake copy yeah yeah yeah. very cool all of that was cool yeah like those those are cool those are like cool ideas for creatures like not everything has to look like the same creature from a quiet place you know they don't not everything has to look the same so i loved how it can get creative with fantasy get creative Mm -hmm. even the little brain things that would like eat your brains that just ignored them that that was a good moment yeah Yeah, did you have any takeout takeaways or what do you think i guess my takeaway would be don't skimp on story especially if you want to make a profit yeah 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 definitely unless you're john well, Wick, in, in which case skimp skimp away anyways we're parked right outside of your place so um we're gonna say goodbye here as always this has been concession impressions i hope you enjoyed this little slight turn we took on this episode hope you enjoyed the car ride home with us even you know dropping off chase here so uh, as always follow us on film cookbook on instagram and twitter and leave us a review wherever you're listening to your podcasts from apple music spotify wherever it is give us a review thumbs up all those 10 things bada boom bada bing anything chase uh i'll give you a three and your uber score Ooh. all right well get out of here bye all right playing my music bye everyone